If you've been binging my free content here on this podcast or over on my YouTube channel, I want to take a quick second before I start this episode to thank you so much for being here. But the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 200 other owners, and so much more. The price for Play Cafe Academy will go up before 2022 is over. So lock in the current price and get all the exclusive bonuses, including a month inside Playmaker Society and getting a chance to work with me personally by heading to the show notes and choosing your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, good morning, Playmakers, and happy Monday. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you enjoy these tips and find these episodes helpful, the best way to show support for me or for the show is to leave a quick rating and review wherever you are listening. I read every single one and I appreciate it so much and it's more helpful than you know. So as we dive into this episode, as we go through the introduction, just take a quick second and leave a rating and review. I really appreciate it. And a lot of you guys have been messaging me on Instagram and letting me know that you just can't wait for the next episode to be released. So I also wanted to remind you that I have over 175 YouTube videos that I've been producing since 2018 over on my Play Cafe Academy channel. I link to it in the show notes. And while you're over there in the show notes, I also have a bunch of both free and paid resources ready for you to dive into. So again, if you're one of those people who just can't wait for that next episode, there is plenty of content on my YouTube channel, my blog, and my downloadable resources. There's plenty of content to keep you occupied. All right, let's do it, Playmakers. So it's January, often thought of as the month of self-improvement and renewal. But something I've also noticed is that a lot of indoor playground and play cafe business owners are also giving their spaces upgrades. And this made me think of a strategy that we employed in year two of our business when we wanted to do the same. So for some context, by this time, I had noticed that our Lilliput Playhouses 
were constantly crowded and bursting with kiddos. And even when we weren't even close to our capacity, the play area just felt crowded. This was because, as I mentioned, everyone tended to congregate in our most popular areas, often kids and adults alike. This made it difficult for us to reach our daily revenue goals because, again, even if we were well under capacity, I constantly had this feeling that if we let in one more family, it would add to the crowding, therefore detracting from the experience of all our guests. And since we were still fairly new, it was extremely important for me to ensure that guests enjoyed themselves and wanted to return and were leaving us positive reviews and telling their friends about us, all that good stuff. So after visiting some play cafes around the country, I realized that I had missed an opportunity when we first designed our space. I had not added any activities or attractions to the walls or perimeter of our play area. Sure, we had wall fixtures in the cafe, in our waiting area, and in our quiet slash sensory corner, but none in the play area itself. I also realized that by adding these fixtures, I could significantly spread out the kiddos enjoying our space and solve our issue of playhouse crowding, which honestly rose to being a safety issue at this point. While doing research and working with a consultant, I also realized that wall fixtures would have made my space much more accessible and inclusive of children with all abilities. This would especially be true for those with sensory processing issues who needed a break from all the chaos in the center of the play area where our main attractions were, as well as children with physical disabilities or wheelchairs that prevented them from climbing and utilizing some of our other equipment. Since inclusivity and accessibility were two of my business's core values, it made it a no-brainer to get to work on these additions. The problem was, in my research, I knew this equipment would cost around $7,000 to really do correctly. And just having entered my second year of business, I was still in the process of recouping my startup costs and finding my footing and my revenue focus, especially through our slow season. Sure, I could have bought one piece at a time and made it financially feasible that way. However, we were really seeing that loss of revenue and overcrowding that I mentioned, and I knew poor experiences that it was causing would be a serious long-term issue for my business since I relied on repeat customers, positive word of mouth, memberships, upsells like parties, all that. Also, there was a new Play Cafe quote-unquote copycat business opening just a few minutes away from us, and they were getting a lot of media attention, just as we did in the beginning. So it was really important for me at this time to make a big splash that reinvigorated the media and our customers alike, and also further aligned us with the mission I sought to fulfill from the start and promised my community that I would work to fulfill. 
because I didn't have a spare $7,000 to spend, and by the way, that included tax and shipping, et cetera, and we chose HABA structure, so H-A-B-A, which we purchased from Sensory Edge, one of my favorite suppliers. So because we didn't have you know $7,000 lying around, I decided to get creative with how we come up with the money. So I would foot what I could from the bill as it was a business reinvestment and a potential tax write-off, and I would use crowdfunding to source the rest, even though we were an existing business. So a lot of times people think of crowdsourcing or crowdfunding as something to help get your business launched, but a lot of people don't think of crowdfunding for an existing business, but this was so successful for us. We had not used crowdfunding at the start of our indoor playground business, so doing so now seemed like a huge opportunity because people in our community were willing to support us. So I put together a campaign. I shared the exact toys and equipment we plan to purchase with the money, and I listed out the prices and the benefits of each. And by the way, we chose $2,500 as our goal, but we ended up far exceeding that amount. And in addition to this campaign, I also wrote several blogs and I recorded several YouTube videos and I did tons of Facebook lives and Instagram stories, which were brand new at the time, all about the positive benefits our customers could expect with the improvements that I mentioned earlier. Being extremely specific about our intentions really helped us in this scenario. It wasn't just a blind fundraising effort like begging for just random amounts of money, and our specific emphasis on accessibility and inclusivity caused our story to be picked up by all the local news outlets, influencers, and bloggers, people like that, which really helped spread the word, even past our customer base. Setting an achievable goal helped as well because I shared with our customers that we were not expecting them to fund the entire project. We were taking on the bulk of the expense, which I think businesses should. We just needed a little help reaching the finish line as a still new business. It was also an amount that I was comfortable contributing to as well if I needed to, so as to not lose out on all of the contributed money if we did not reach our final goal, which is often the case with things like Kickstarter or GoFundMe. If you don't reach your goal, You don't get any of the money. So to incentivize customers to contribute, we offered things that were very valuable to our customers that had an actual dollar value, but were of little direct cost to us. And as a reminder, a direct cost is a price that can be directly tied to the production of specific goods and services. So for example, when selling a toy, our wholesale price we purchased it for would be the direct cost. The difference between the selling price and our direct cost would be our profit. Retail items have a high direct cost because we purchased them from a third party, so we didn't include them in this campaign. Instead, we focused on high profit margin items, again, things that had a very small direct cost, such as packs of play passes, free coffee passes, since coffee and lattes were some of our highest profit margin items. 
We included party add-ons like decor that we offered in-house, things that we didn't need to go through a middleman for, things like that. But we kept it pretty simple. We allowed people to choose their contribution to our campaign and they were rewarded based on that, kind of like in tiers. So like gold, silver, platinum, things like that. We also did things that were no cost to us, such as sharing the names of our contributors on social media and thanking them. And we hosted a first sneak peek to everyone who contributed before unveiling our improvements to the public. And one of our biggest contributors, we actually named one of our playhouses after their son. So it was a couple hundred dollars to our campaign. And we just had a customer do a cricket sign that cost us a few dollars. And it said Nico's Nook. And it was so sentimental and valuable to them. But as I said, it only cost us a few dollars. So you can get really creative with what you offer your customers for contributing. You're not just asking them for money. You're giving them value in return. I've also seen Play Cafe business owners create a wall with names of contributors or allowing them to sign something or hanging a picture in their spaces, which I love. Now, I have an entire lesson about successfully crowdfunding in my Play Cafe Academy course, and I also touch on it in my free How to Fund Your Indoor Playground Business Training, which I will link in the show notes, both providing much more detail and examples than I could possibly share here. But I did want to share some pros and cons about this specific method of funding in case this is something you're considering. Because while this seems like free money, there are some pitfalls that I want you to be aware of. So on the pro side, and again, I'm just going to go through this rapid fire. On the pro side, it's easy to get between one and $5,000, again, with the tips I share inside my free training and in Play Cafe Academy. The most common mistake I see is owners setting their goal way too high and then falling short, and that doesn't allow them to get any of the money that people contributed. The second pro is that if anyone in your life is excited about your journey, this is a great way for them to get involved without contributing a huge amount of money or asking them for a loan or anything like that. The next pro is that it's low risk, especially if you're asking for donations. So if for whatever reason you don't end up following through, they just get their money back. Another pro is that it can build a sense of community and as I mentioned, generate excitement prior to your opening or reinvigorate your customer base and get them really excited and involved in your new improvements and make them feel like they're a part of it, which again is so valuable to local family-owned businesses. But on the con side, if you don't reach your crowdfunding goal, as I said, you may get nothing. And then also it may be difficult to raise more than $5,000 especially as an existing business. So you will need to foot some of the expense yourself. Your customers will want to see that you're contributing as well. Next, it will be more work than you think when you take into account dispersing of prizes and rewards, the writing of the campaign itself, constant social media promotion, writing updates to your contributors, um, doing all of the stories and the videos, as I mentioned, Trust me, it's more work than you think, but in my opinion, it's so worth it. Again, 
not just for the money, but for getting your customers involved in your mission and feeling like they're actual stakeholders, even if you're not a nonprofit. And then the final con is that Kickstarter or Mainvest or anything like that, any crowdfunding site will likely take a percentage of your ultimate money as their fee. So you need to work that fee into your goal. So if you absolutely need $2,000, don't set your goal at $2,000. You want to make sure that you're accounting for those fees. So again, if you want help with executing this goal, I would love to help you as a Playmaker Society member or a Play Cafe Academy student. All of that information is linked in the show notes. But again, this can be a really creative way to either launch as a new business or make serious improvements to an existing business. Again, this was so successful for us. It was so fun. Our customers were sharing it wide and far. The news was sharing it. We ended up getting a TV segment out of it. Again, I can't sing the praises of crowdfunding enough. And again, I'd love to help. So check out the show notes for all those links. And I will see you right back here on Wednesday. 